The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz isn't a word, it's a question. Should we pin our hopes for a vibrant global economy, sustainable innovation, and energetic job creation on high-growth entrepreneurs, a.k.a. also known as SMEs, small and mid-sized enterprises. Some of you in the listening audience call them SMBs, small to mid-sized businesses. We're going to go with SMEs today. I have a packed panel with four experts. They have a lot to say. Let me tell you what's on their minds today. First joining us is Aviva Freudmann, who's calling from Frankfurt, Germany. She's with the EIU, and she says SMEs in developed and developing economies show surprising similarities in their goals and expectations. And for all the challenges they face in their business environments, guess what? They're an exceedingly optimistic bunch. I love that. That's from the EIU reports, and Aviva's going to talk to us about a report I have right here in front of me, Scaling SMEs, Building a Flexible Platform for Growth. We'll talk to her in just a moment. Joining Aviva on the panel is Brian Pierce from Ernst & Young, and this is what Brian tells me. Last Last year, our 650 U.S. EOI finalists employed 700,000 people, grew revenues 48% over two years, and achieved 30% job growth. They learned how to defy gravity. Wow, Brian Pierce, we're going to talk to you and find out who these people are, finalists in what, where, how, when, and what your involvement is in this. Joining us also today, Carl B. Lewis. I'm Bonnie D. He's Carl B. Carl B. Lewis from Vision 33. He's been on the show before. We're welcoming him back. And Carl says, competing against an SME is like racing against a modern sports car. They handle bumps and potholes with ease. They turn sharper. They accelerate quicker. And they stop on a dime. We're going to talk to Carl about those dimes. And rounding out the panel is Kevin Gilroy from SAP, calling all the way from Barcelona. We have a really global panel today. And Kevin Gilroy says, SMEs have to change their mindset. Hmm. Regarding IT in order to excel, understanding that IT is their friend, not their foe. It's simple, not complicated. So we'll be diving into that with Kevin Gilroy. Join us for the next hour for Defying Gravity, SMEs Go Global. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to episode number, oh my goodness, I think we're up to 81 live episodes in the series we call Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We are live today is Wednesday, April 17th, 2013. 
Let me have a quick moment with my listeners. I have a question and an offer for you, and then I'll introduce my guests. Okay, you know you have to do it, but it can be painful just thinking about how to harness your big data for your business. We know, we know, we know. Go to our show page on the business page business channel and click any banner and you can see where you can get a complimentary ebook on how to start eliminating the pain of big data. We want you to feel better. It's complimentary on us. Okay, let me tell you about my panelists today. Aviva Freudman directs business research studies in continental Europe, Middle East, and Africa for the Economist Intelligence Unit, and she's based, as we know today, in Frankfurt, Germany, because that's where she's calling from. Aviva has 35 years of experience as a journalist, researcher, and editor, and covers multiple industries. And previously, very interesting, she was editorial director, Canada bureau chief, and European editor of the Journal of Commerce, which is a U.S. newspaper, and she started as an insurance reporter in Washington, D.C., what a great background. Aviva Freudman, welcome to Coffee Break. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks very much, Bonnie. Appreciate it. Th- thank you for joining. We have a lot to discuss with you about the EIU and your great reports. Joining you also is Brian Pierce. Brian joined Ernst & Young upon graduation in 1981. I won't ask graduation from what, Brian. You're forever young. And was admitted into partnership 10 years later in 1991. That sounds very, very aggressive. Brian has served numerous high-growth private and public companies in an audit and advisory capacity in Canada. In 2010, he assumed leadership of the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. That's our EOY. The program EOY and a firm-related entrepreneur initiatives in the American Brian Pierce, welcome. How are you today? Doing great, Bonnie. Thanks to be with you. Wonderful. Where are you calling from? Far away, I know. I'm in uh, Argentina today while we're talking about global high-growth entrepreneurs. I've been in Brazil and Argentina for the last two weeks with some of our Entrepreneur of the Year winners and attending our galas. So uh, very exciting activity going on in Latin America. Wonderful. And tell us, what city in Argentina are you calling from specifically, Brian? I'm specifically in Mendoza today and uh, back to Buenos Aires tonight. So. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy travel schedule to join us. Appreciate it. And Carl thank Lewis, I uh, thank you. Carl Lewis, I think you're in California. Carl is the general manager for Vision 33 Total Care. He's an experienced consultant and respected advisor responsible for managing the backbone. I love that, Carl. The backbone of Vision 33's national customer service offering. And I know you take that very seriously. Vision 33 is an award-winning SAP Gold Channel partner offering solutions Solutions to what else? SMEs, small and mid-sized enterprise customers. Carl B. Lewis, welcome back to Coffee Break. How are you today? I am fine, Bonnie, and thank you very much for having me back again. So I am, Wonderful. I am in California. I, uh, I get on a lot of planes, but I, today I am in California. <laughs> okay, you're grounded for at least this hour. Thank you, Carl. And rounding us out today is none other than Kevin Gilroy. Kevin is Senior VP of Global Indirect Channels at SAP. He joined SAP in 2010 as Senior VP of Ecosystem and Channels for SAP North America. Before SAP, Kevin was President of Arrow Electronics Enterprise Computing Solutions Division, where he launched what else? An SME or SMB, small and mid-sized business division. We have some really great experts today. Kevin Gilroy, where are you today in the world? Hi, Bonnie. I'm in Barcelona, Spain with fabulous weather here. 
Wonderful. So glad. I can't wait till the second segment of the show when I find out what's in your cup today. I'm sure we, sure we have some very interesting coffee and, and other drink stories. So let's get down to business. We're going to keep this really brief because I want everybody to have a chance to explain your quote. So let's start out with Aviva Freudman from EIU. You say that, I'm just going to read the second part of your quote, Aviva. Let's go in there. For all the challenges they face in their business environments, SMEs are an exceedingly optimistic bunch. Listen, Aviva, the world has lots of challenges today, especially to businesses, global and local. How can they be so optimistic? Talk to me. What does EIU find on this this topic? What we found is a funny dichotomy. On the one hand, they're saying the environment is difficult, more difficult than it's been in the past few years. It is increasingly difficult and likely to continue getting more difficult. So you'd think it would be a gloom and doom story and they'd be trying to uh, shut down rather than expand. But no, they're saying it might be tough for everybody else, but we are going to do just great and uh, have our sights set on growth and uh, expansion. And we tried to square that circle, and the best we can come up with is like is as follows. Uh, starting and running a small business is, ri- is like riding a bicycle. You either move forward or you fall down. And um, the main objective of a small to mid-sized enterprise is to become larger or else it goes out of business. So uh, in order to uh, achieve that, they are focusing very uh, in a very targeted way on growing sales and revenues and seem to be quite optimistic about their own individual prospects, even if they see a lot of difficulties in the environment around them. Wonderful. I love the bicycle analogy. We, we like picture words and picture phrases on the radio because people can't see us. So we have to put pictures in their minds. Thank you, Aviva. A lot more to speak with you about. Let's move to Brian Pierce. Make sure we find out. Well, 650 U.S. EOY finalists employed 700,000 people. Kevin, I'm sorry, Brian, that is huge. It's amazing. Talk to me about that alone. Who are these 650 finalists? Well, these are uh, people that we've chosen from uh, the Entrepreneur of the Year nominees. They've been selected by a panel of independent judges as finalists. And what we found interesting was to go and study these people. And certainly, uh, you know, a key aspect of what they are doing is focusing on growth. And a big part of that is innovation and uh, not being satisfied to do things the old way. But they look for new products, new services, new ways of satisfying customer demands. And uh, those are the people that are uh, really accelerating their growth because of their focus on innovation and certainly a great commitment to, uh, to customer service. This is very exciting. This is very optimistic. Uh, we were speaking with Aviva just a moment ago from the EIU about the exceedingly optimistic. I would say the world could be optimistic with these kinds of numbers, Brian. Amazing. 30% job growth. What ki- can you share with us just briefly what kinds of industries are they in? Well, this is uh, across all sectors. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, a large portion of them are in uh, in technology. A large portion in uh, what we've been calling digital media and, uh, and entertainment and online uh, commerce and so on. But it's also uh, you know industries in the energy field and uh, and so on that are working as well. So the growth is across all sectors. The the difference really with these companies is that because they are uh, innovating and because they are raising capital to fund that innovation, they have the ability to to grow and bring people on. And frankly, we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, you know young people in particular being very interested in working for these kinds of companies now because they do offer 
uh, a much more dynamic work environment than certainly many of the old line companies that are uh, struggling to keep up with innovations. And so it's a very exciting place to be uh, working in entrepreneurship and certainly working as and with entrepreneurs. Thank you. That's very exciting. We're going to speak to you a lot more after the break and in the roundtable segments, Brian. But I have to thank Brian for the phrase I used in the title of today's show, They've Learned How to Defy Gravity. And our topic today is Defying Gravity, SMEs Go Global. Carl Lewis, let's see if we can squeeze you in before the break here. Competing against an SME is like racing against a modern sports car. I'm thinking F1 McLaren. Maybe I'm in the right place or not. They handle the bumps and the potholes with these. They turn sharper, accelerate quicker, and stop on a dime. You got any particular sports car in mind there, Carl B. Lewis? Well, the McLaren's a pretty good one if you're if you're going to go that far upstream. <laughs> okay, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, these businesses are, um, you know, they are more agile, and one of the primary reasons they're more agile is because there's fewer people at the top, and decision making is made much quicker, faster, easier. Um, so they uh, they innovate at a pace far beyond, you know, the large enterprise organization. Uh, because it's uh, it's easier for them. They're not as entrenched. Uh, they haven't been there as long, and their systems aren't as you know tangly as everyone else's. So they can uh, they can bring things like automation, workflow, and uh, things like that into the mix and mobility and things far easier and at a, a much lower cost than a, their large enterprise competitors. Uh, very optimistic. Thank you, Carl. And Kevin Gilroy, I think we can get your voice on here just before we go to break. SMEs have to change their mindset regarding IT in order to excel. Give us a little, a little, uh, for spice, a little taste here of what you're talking about, Kevin, and we're going to pick up more with you when we come back after the break. What do you mean IT is their friend, not their foe? Are they afraid of IT, Kevin Gilroy? Well, it depends on the IT uh, application, but uh, and it also depends on the generational component of the SME leadership team, and uh, that's an interesting um, dynamic that's happening in the SME. I was talking to a doctor recently in, in Houston, Texas, who said, simplify this conversation for me. I want my IT to be as simple as when I plug in my electric razor in the morning. I just know it's going to work. I don't have to think about what's behind the wall. That's the simplicity that he's looking for. Uh, and the, the, the good news is for um, SME customers like this doctor or the CEO of this small hospital and others is the IT uh, world is moving to very easy-to-deploy, easy-to-consume products. So I, I think there's a positive, uh, a very positive, and then affordability with the cloud makes it also um, easy to consume and easy to deploy. And then also the generational shift that I mentioned earlier is interesting as uh, mm-hmm. the boomers start to retire and we see uh, younger people starting to take over the SMEs around the world. Uh, they're more comfortable with technologies. They're native to the technology, not immigrants to the technology. Very interesting. And you know what we're going to do when we come back? Uh, Kevin, I'm not sure you're the one, but I think you might be. When we come back, we're going to ask everybody what's in your cup today. And then let's do some level setting. Let's determine, let's set up for my listeners, for our listeners, what is an SME? What kind of money? What kind of size? What kind of growth are we talking about? What qualifies from startup into that range called SME or SMB? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for our Coffee Break segment. I'm going to ask my guests in the order in which I introduce them. Sounds like movie credits. What are you drinking today? Tell me your best beverage Coffee Break story wherever you are. First of all, Aviva Freudman, you're in Frankfurt, Germany. What time of day is it, and what are you drinking What's your best coffee break story, Aviva? It's uh, about 5 p.m. in the evening here, uh, 5.15 p.m., and I will admit, because this is an American show and not a European one, that I drink instant coffee in Europe that is known as warm brown water, and they consider it a sign of lack of civilization to do such a thing. On the other hand, if you've experienced their espresso or filter coffee, you know the meaning of drinkable jet fuel, really does get you going, maybe more than you want to get going. So I'm sticking with the warm brown water. It's fine with me. <laughs> Aviva, that's one of the funniest coffee break stories we've ever had. I think we're going to have the, yeah, we're going to start giving out awards. I'll talk to Malcolm, my co-producer, about that. Brian Pierce, you're with us today. You are in Argentina. What are you drinking? What time is it there, Brian? It's uh, 20 after 12 noon, and uh would uh, hope to be soon having a glass of uh, Malbec from one of the best Malbec uh, regions in the world. But right now, working with you, Bonnie. <laughs> you know what? I love Malbec. Save me a glass. I'm not flying over there, but I can picture it. I'll, I'll be with you in spirit. Spirit and spirits. There you go. Thank you, Brian. Good. Carl, Carl Lewis, California. Well, I know what time of day it is there. If it's 1119 here in New York, well, minus three. So it's early morning. What are you drinking today, Carl Lewis? Well, I'm making this call from an SAP office, and I've been in six SAP offices around the United States. They all have uh, Flavia coffee machines, and so I'm having a Flavia French roast today um, uh, purchased by SAP. <laughs> and, and what does it taste like? Is it good? Is it dark? Is it rich? Is it, is it caffeine? Is it decaf? Give me a little more, a little oh, more coffee on the bones here. It's caffeinated. It's just short of jet fuel, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Aviva, look what you started. Kevin Gilroy, remind me what time of day is where you are. What are you drinking right now in Barcelona? Uh, 20 after 5 in the uh, late afternoon, and I'm drinking a Spanish coffee called Mexquilla. And Mexquilla is uh, 50% regular coffee and 50% espresso that's been roasted in sugar to kind of cut the bitterness. 
roasted in so I won't sugar. Be Serbian for quite a while, I don't think. <laughs> wow. Well, well, I have to tell you that Malcolm, Malcolm Kimberlin, our tweeter extraordinaire and co-producer, is oh, here we go, Malcolm, you bad boy. He's flirting with the Keurig again. Malcolm is a diehard fan of uh, Equator coffees. He's flirting with the Keurig again. We won't tell. Starbucks in a K cup. Oh, Malcolm, off the charts here. Okay. And as for me, Bonnie D. Graham. I must tell my panel, they don't allow me to go near caffeine on show days, and you wonder why. Okay, here we go. Let's talk about SMEs going global, about defying gravity, this optimism, this growth, this movement forward, this great hiring and job growth, and optimism as far as sustainability and innovation, all good stuff. So I want to level set. Let's define for our listeners what is an SME today? How do they qualify? Number of people, years in business, number of customers, workforce, uh, number of management, how big, how many seats around the C-suite table. Who wants to just level set for me, please? I'll take it from anybody. I'll jump in here. This is Aviva and Frank. Okay, Aviva. What we, did in, what we did in our study is we defined SMEs as companies with global annual revenues of under 750 million U.S. dollars. That sounds like a pretty high threshold to set, but mm-hmm. we wanted to get a fairly wide range of companies that are growing quickly. As it turns out, in the survey that we did, about three-quarters ended up considerably smaller than that uh, with revenues of under $250 million. But that gives you some idea of how we defined it for the purposes of our survey. Okay. Uh, yeah, Brian Pierce. Kevin Gilroy. Yeah, Kevin, please. In that area between seven, $800 million at the top end, and that's what makes the SME space so fascinating because it's everything from, uh, you know, a local doctor's office with five doctors and 20 employees up to uh, a manufacturer with 2,000 employees and everything in between. Now, you uh, mentioned a doctor's they, office. Kevin, what's the low end? How do we define when does somebody go from startup into the SME category? What's the bottom level? You know, it really depends on the, on the industry. It's a little industry specific, but, uh, you know, we consider – SMEs, you know, some is seven, eight employees. Uh, you know, if you go into a, um, the reason I say it's, it's different by industry is if you go into a private equity firm or a, a hedge fund, there might be six employees, and they may be doing $500 million in revenue. And they may have enormous needs for data. The same thing with healthcare. Uh, it can be a, a, a group of uh, dermatologists with seven doctors and, and ten uh, nurses and administrators, they, they have a huge need for data, and now they need the data mobile. So, again, it, it's, it's not a homogeneous group, the SME. It's, it's, there's micro-businesses all the way up to some you know, pretty significant businesses with significant IT infrastructures. And, you know, uh, Carl does this day in and day out in his business is those the lower end of SME and even the mid mid components of SME, they outsource their IT infrastructure to partners such as Carl, which is which is really interesting. It's an outsourced IT approach. Mm-hmm. I you yeah. know I want to bring in Brian Pierce here for a second because Brian has a, an interesting note he sent me before the show that will help us continue this definition stage. Brian says entrepreneurial companies move through three distinct stages: emerging rapid growth, and eventually market leadership. Brian, take us through this. And do you agree with the sizing we've just discussed with Aviva and with Kevin? Yeah, certainly I think the sizes, uh, you know, different people and organizations have slightly different definitions of 
you know, dollar limit of revenue and, and number of employees. But generally, I think what they've uh, you know described is correct. Um, I think that uh, you know an important distinction to be made are uh, really between the small businesses that intend to stay small, and, and those are important to uh, you know the small uh, corner corner store and so on, but uh, what we're really trying to focus on through uh, our Entrepreneur of the Year program, which SAP is a uh, sponsor of in the U.S., and other programs that we run, is is focusing on the high-growth entrepreneurs, those that are perhaps small today, perhaps, uh, you know, very new startups, but they want to move from this emerging company stage uh, through to rapid growth and, uh, and continue to excel as they grow and become a you know next generation market leading company, one that uh, you know displaces in many cases the incumbents that have failed to uh, to stay current with their business, failed to innovate, and so on. And so that's what we like to see: is companies that may start small but continue to grow and innovate and uh, and move through that hockey stick growth curve to become eventually uh, market leading businesses. And, and do you uh, find there's any? I was going to ask you, is there any age skew on the management of these companies, Brian? I'm going to turn to Carl in a minute. I have a question to ask you. But, but Brian, is there anything in the age skew? Is this, are these young thinking people who can embrace what Kevin's talking about is, is make my IT easy? And are these people who would say, hey, the world is my oyster. We can go out and conquer this market. We have at our disposal the best technology, the best minds, the best vision, the best global concept, the best product or service. We're going to go out there and do do business is this a young mindset, and it doesn't matter what the age of the management is, the leadership. Well, I think I think there's a young mindset uh, that's you know changed a lot, and, and says entrepreneurship is a, a great career choice and a great passion of uh, something to do with your life. And so we're seeing that a lot with young people, both in the United States and around the world. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, where they're preferring either to be entrepreneurs or to work for high-growth entrepreneurs uh, rather than getting involved in uh, in large corporations in many cases. The other uh, demographic, though, that we're still seeing become uh, involved in starting companies are those that maybe have spent 20 uh, or 30 years in corporate America and have come out and said, you know, I'd like to bring some of the skills that I developed mm-hmm. uh, to create a, create a new business, or I'd like to just do something very different with my life and create a new business. And so we're kind of seeing that bookend between uh, younger people that are starting companies that are more likely to be technology and, and digital media oriented, and perhaps uh, those that are kind of in their 40s and 50s that are saying, you know, we've been and done the corporate thing, and now we'd like to really create our own company. We've got some great skill set. We've got some capital and we have the ability to uh, to create a business. And, and then when you can bring those two together and have the, uh, the vigor and passion of uh, youth and the experience mm-hmm. of uh, having had some time in corporate environments, uh, then you can really create some great companies. Thank you. The reason I'm, I'm going in this level, in this uh, direction, is I want to make sure our listeners know to whom we're speaking. And, and we love to inspire people here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. If somebody's listening and saying, gee, I, I'm on the verge of really taking that great idea. I've been in company XYZ for all these years. Or I have a friend who says he's got this idea. And maybe between us or among us, we can put it all together. I want to give them some hope that you don't just have to start small and stay small. You can start small and have a great view. And at that point, 
point, I want to segue into our topic about SMEs going global with Carl Lewis. Carl, you sent me a statement before the show I want to talk to you about. You say, some SMEs are enterprise businesses in disguise, expanding their operations into other countries by starting new and independent business units. Are we talking about subsidiaries or are we talking about just SMEs with a big global view? Carl? Well, um, interesting. I mean, uh, just to kind of pick up a little bit on what Kevin was mentioning, you know, yes. uh, our company has over the last 10 years acquired 500 customers. They, the, the typical size is, is probably more. Our sweet spot is from 5 to $50 million in revenue. And every now and then we see one start to grow really quickly and in, say, three or four years go from $50 million to $200 million. So uh, periodically we'll see, you know, less than 5% of these 5 to $50 million companies uh, in revenue, one or two will jump out and sort of move on, you know, down the path in the, in the overall SME space. Now, what, what I was referring to in that quote is mm-hmm. that typically uh, we will have uh, large enterprise companies inquire with us about the work we do um, in other countries because uh, they want to expand markets overseas they don't have operations overseas in Europe, South America, wherever it may be, um, and uh, they don't want to necessarily take the footprint of their existing IT systems, which are really burdensome on a startup business, and, and just implant that on a new division uh, in another country. So they'll want to take a smaller footprint uh, product, you know, that we specialize in, SAP Business One, and deploy that independently uh, in a brand-new business with brand-new employees, brand-new C-level leadership and everything in that local country. And it's really an independent business unit with their financials maybe rolling up to the enterprise company, but it operates very independently in that new location. Very interesting. Good. I'm glad you explained that. You know what? You took me up to our next break. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a deep breath, turn around three times, click our heels, and come back in 57 seconds. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're talking today about defying gravity, SMEs or SMBs if you prefer, going global. We're going to dig a little deeper into this global concept, the idea of looking outside your local footprint, as Carol Carl put it, and looking around the world and seeing how you can grow and where. We'll touch more on IT as well with Kevin Gilroy. Don't even think of touching that app. We'll be right back. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're doing a Defying Gravity show today, SMEs Go Global, talking to Aviva Freudman from EIU, Brian Pierce from Ernst & Young, Carl B. Lewis, Vision 33, and Kevin Gilroy, SAP, and they're all over the world. So let's go global. Let's just dive right in the global mindset. Brian Pierce, why don't you start off this segment of the roundtable, please? Thanks, Bonnie. You know, one of the things that I've watched over the last few years has been companies starting with a global mindset, uh, as opposed to what may have been the case 10 or 15 years ago, where they've, you know, started really thinking about their domestic market and may have stumbled into uh, some type of international activity as they grew. Now companies are really seeking to get uh, the best that the world offer. I think of a Boston company where I live normally is, uh, uh, you know, Argentinian developers. Uh, they continue to do their development uh, work in the software in Argentina, but uh, the CEO is building a sales and marketing team in Boston to sell to U.S. and North American customers, and uh, eventually, you know, they'll tackle customers around the globe with uh, some international partners. So it's really interesting to see that uh, people are, are thinking globally from the outset, uh, whether they're in a big market like the United States or in uh, in smaller markets where you know growth is essential, as we've seen in Israel for years. Thank you, um, Brian. Yes, here for a moment. Uh, I wish you would. I was just going to ask you, Aviva. So please, what, what's the perspective? In, and I would like you to talk a little more about your report, the EIU uh, Economist Intelligence Unit report on scaling SME. Sure. So, t- what's your perspective, and what does your research show, Aviva? What we've done is we compared, it's, it's true in general what we're saying about uh, a global perspective being on the rise. What, one of the findings of our survey when we compared emerging markets to developed economies is that there is more of a perspective to look abroad, to look to foreign markets in the developed countries. Um, than there is in the emerging markets, which seemed a little counterintuitive, and we looked into Mm -hmm. it further. Uh, So, I mean, just before I go into the whys, in developed economies, 28% of our survey respondents agreed. This is a a, a survey, a large-scale survey, approximately 1,070 respondents in a range Mm -hmm. of countries, of which half are developed and the other are developing countries. In the developed countries, 28% agreed with the ideas with the idea that it's a very good idea to expand into new geographies compared to 22 in emerging economies so that is a fairly significant uh, difference and it was backed up by other things that we tested with respect to interest in foreign markets the reasons that we could come up with are that the uh, smaller uh, the, in the developed countries the um, domestic markets are smaller relatively Mm -hmm. to the emerging markets, and therefore uh, there was more of an incentive for SMEs in the developed countries to look outward. The other reason is the growth rate. As uh, as the developed countries are mature economies, their growth rate is slower uh, than emerging markets, and in some cases rather dramatically different growth rates, and therefore there is more in it for um, SMEs to look abroad and uh, try to find foreign markets if they are based in a fairly slow-growth developed country. Very interesting. Uh, Carl Lewis, you want to chime in on this? Do you find this fascinating? Do you find this very logical findings? 
Well, I think, uh, you know, from our perspective and our experience, it certainly is uh, confirming of what we see. I mean, every company mm-hmm. that we talk to in, uh, you know, North America that is looking at, you know, purchasing a new ERP system to run their business is asking questions, you know, like, uh, is it multi-currency? Is it multilingual? Um, you know, meaning, can I operate globally with this software, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's on the mind of everyone in uh, small and medium-sized businesses today. And the, uh, you know, the Internet and the cloud make it really easy to put in systems that can be accessed globally. Uh, so it's, it's a, a major vein of thought on every small business that we work with in today's marketplace. Very interesting. Kevin Gilroy, I want to bring you in here. I want to use a talking point from Carl Lewis as a jumping point to bring you in and talk about technology. Carl says it's important for SME leadership to understand how to leverage today's technology and be an evangelist for technology's use by their staff. So, Kevin Gilroy, is this what you find, that it all goes down to the leadership, the founder, the owner, the idea people, the the little C-suite, even if it's a small table with only two or three chairs around it, it all comes down to the attitude, the mindset of the startup people? How do you how do you find that the incorporation of technology will come from this, this mindset? Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting question. I, I mean, I agree with mm-hmm. Carl that a lot of it, particularly in the private equity and the startup world, angel, angel investors, there's top-down um, direction and, and evangelization of technology. But I also see a lot of bottoms-up, uh, particularly in, in many SMEs where they're br- continuing to hire at, at a great clip, as Brian said, and uh, they're bringing in uh, people right out of university uh, and who are very comfortable with technology, and they're evangelizing upwards to the leadership team to uh, to level the playing field with much bigger companies by using very cost-effective technology and easy-to-consume technology. So I think the dynamic goes both ways. Very interesting. Uh, Brian, thoughts on this? Absolutely. I mean, certainly technology is the enabler for companies to scale. There's there's just no question in our research that companies recognize they need it. Uh, you know, they need it to run their business efficiently. I think they need it to really understand, uh, you know, the analytical information around their customers and focusing on uh, the right customers, the customers that can generate profitability for them, the customers that are really growing and, and have opportunity for cross-sell activity and so on. All of that is essential for efficient growth. And, you know, you can't figure that out anymore unless you know how to leverage technology. So it's certainly one of the six uh, pillars that we see these high-growth companies building their, their companies on. Thank you. Kevin, anything else you want to add about IT embracing technology uh, in ter- terms of the daunting prospect of having to hire the staff, buy the hardware, and in-house support versus clouding everything, sending everything up to the cloud? Any any advice for SMEs or startups who are, want to become SMEs? Yeah, I mean, again, my advice is, you know, take a look at the options that are out there. There is a very cost-effective on-premise uh, IT solutions, and there's a very attractive and cost-effective cloud solutions, and there's hybrid. Uh, you know, some people put components of their IT on-premise with components of it being in the cloud. It's a very new world. It's very, very exciting. It's very dynamic. And I, I, my advice to the SME um, business leadership teams is they really need to understand uh, where the cloud's going, and they need to understand mobility. Uh, to stay competitive with, uh, you know, their competition. 
So, you know, competition makes everybody better, and I think the competition uh, in most industries is really embracing technology, and it's go everybody's going to need to to maintain a pace with that. I think, you know, we're seeing companies really try to be very capital efficient. In other words, especially when they're starting, you know, focus on whether every dollar needs to be spent and how it can be spent wisely. And that's partly because of the, uh, you know, the challenges of raising capital uh, in any environment, but certainly now. And it's partly because so many things are available to them on, you know, essentially a variable cost basis, whether it's information technology capability that's in the cloud and they really buy it as they need it, or whether it's outsourcing, uh, you know, many of the encore uh, people positions through uh, part-time uh, outsourcing kind of capabilities, or whether it's, uh, you know, setting up shop in an incubator where you're paying by the desk by the month instead of doing a sitting the floor of an office building somewhere. So let's focus on, you know, really keeping variable costs uh, low and allowing the company to scale very rapidly on a variable basis. Um, I think we're seeing that impact technology, it impacts people, it impacts infrastructure, and certainly the benefit is uh, you can start a company of many different types on considerably less money today than you could uh, even five years ago. Exactly, and that's part of the optimism of why we're talking about it. Carl Lewis, I think I heard you vying for attention. You have something you'd like to add? Yeah, it was just as Kevin was mentioning mobility, a funny uh, yes. uh, illustration came to mind. About four years ago, I would go to uh, large small business conferences with 1,000 or 2,000 people in attendance, and everybody would be carrying a laptop, right? Everybody had a large case and a laptop, and mm -hmm. they were always you know, trying to find a place to plug them in. Um, yep. About three weeks ago, I was at a small business conference, and nobody had a laptop, but everybody had an iPad or some other sort of pad that they were carrying. So the rate Better. of adoption, you know, of mobility, I think, is really impacting, uh, you know, business in a great way. And everybody's trying to figure out how to leverage that technology to grow their business. Very, very good point. Thanks for bringing that up. And, you know, we have about three minutes till the end of this segment. I want to bring in another, a little bit of a monkey wrench here, something I don't believe we've covered yet on the panel. Uh, Aviva told me that SMEs everywhere are wary of the impact of government. Can we say big brother, big sister, whoever your relative is sitting up there saying you can do this, you can't do this. Regulation, regulatory issues, compliance. Aviva, just spend a moment here talking to me, please, about, about the majority of SMEs pointing to bureaucracy and regulation as business obstacles. How serious is this in your research for EIU? Uh, indeed, it is um, a serious concern, and it's mm -hmm. something that was mentioned about with equal frequency, which is to say very high frequency, mm -hmm. uh, by our respondents in both developed and emerging markets, way up there in the 80s and 90s percent of those uh, surveyed said that uh, a chief concern is the impact of regulation, the impact of bureaucracy, and um, in general that they perceive the net impact of government as impeding their business. So even though many areas of the world have specific help programs uh, mm -hmm. amongst state and federal and um, national governments uh, to help small and mid-sized enterprises, that seems to not make up uh, for the negative side of the ledger, which is the regulatory compliance uh, burden and the tax burdens associated with doing business. 
Thank you. Brian Pierce, I can give you 30 seconds before we go to break. You want to jump in from the EY perspective? Do you find the same thing? Yes, I think so. You know, we're doing some studies right now around the uh, G20 with respect to young entrepreneurs and regulation and taxation. And the countries, uh, in many cases, are making progress and being more helpful, more receptive to entrepreneurs. Um, Others still have a ways to go. Okay, you know what? We're up against our last break, and everybody who's a regular listener, and I know you're out there, you know what's coming next. I'm going to ask my four esteemed guests to get out that chamois or polishing cloth and polish off the crystal ball, because when we come back, I'm going to ask them, what SMEs will be like? What kind of growth will we see? Who will be running them? How global will they be? Will they dare not be global in 2018, five years from today? We're talking with Aviva. We're talking with Kevin. We're talking with Brian and we're talking with Carl. Great panel today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Final break here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for the Crystal Ball segment. Very smart panel, great in-depth commentary on SMEs or SMBs, if you prefer. Define gravity, great optimism on the panel about the future of SME, SMBs. Let's start with Aviva Freudman from EIU. What do you see five years ahead? Can you take me that far, Aviva? Yes, uh, what I see five years ahead is that SMEs will continue to have a major role to play in economic growth, uh, and that it applies to all sorts of economies. The constraint on that economic growth is likely to be people, although we have heard from several panelists that young people and also mid-career people are flocking to SMEs. We are also finding through our research that there is a lot of concern among SMEs of finding people with the right skills and that that concern Mm. is strongest in the emerging markets. So um, there is a skills and training gap emerging, and this will affect SMEs as they try to grow and look for people with the right skills. Okay, thank you. All good news. And let's turn to Brian Pierce. Brian, EY, Ernst & Young, what do you say? Yes, go ahead. 
in early June, I'll be with uh, the Entrepreneur of the Year country winners from 54 other countries around the world in uh, Monaco. And my prediction is, as much as Aviva has said, entrepreneurship is going to continue to grow in importance, uh, both in the developed world and in the emerging markets. Uh, I do agree with her that uh, the skills development of people is critical. Uh, but I also think that we have a, uh, a you know significant population of young people that are uh, getting better educated, and will go into that market. I'm excited about the opportunity for uh, women, in particular, to become uh, more involved in entrepreneurial businesses, especially in some markets where that's been very difficult for them to do in the past. We have a program that we call Entrepreneurial Winning Women, which we launched in the U.S. Uh, we just took it into Brazil this year. The reception has been fantastic, and I think we're seeing that you know, a lot of very, very bright women uh, choosing the path of entrepreneurship for their own careers as well, which is tremendously exciting. I think uh, the third comment I would make is that uh, you know, all innovation is not uh, necessarily uh, you know, happening in developed countries anymore. Uh, and we're seeing uh, big companies looking for innovation from small companies, what I call market leaders, looking for innovation from market innovators. And in many cases, that innovation has to be specific to a, a local market or region, and that's where those local market or regional entrepreneurs can develop a new product or service that gets adopted and is much better uh, suited for their local markets, even if they tend to partner or get acquired by a, a larger market leader. So I think there's a lot of excitement ahead, and we need it, particularly for young people, where we see you know unemployment rates in the 15 to 20 percent and, and higher in many countries. So um, it's going to be the key for our young people going forward. Sounds like a brave new frontier you're describing, Brian and Aviva. That, that is very exciting. And we, if we have some time, I'll do a bonus question to the whole panel. Carl B. Lewis, Vision 33. What do you see in your crystal ball, Carl? Can you take me out five years or? Well, I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, okay. I see that emerging markets are going to put a lot of pressure on um, the developed markets. And that because of that, because they're going to be growing fast and uh, – and uh, developing, you know, new technologies and competing very well um, overall globally, that the developed um, markets are going to need to uh, sort of step up their game a bit. And uh, so if, if I see one thing happening for sure, it is that five years from now, uh, companies will be truly global and that their, um, their constituents will be truly global their customers will be truly global, and you won't know that you're uh, doing business with a North American company or a South American company because it'll be a transparent global economy at some point in time because of how these small and medium businesses are beginning to do business globally very easily. Um, today, you kind of know when you're doing business with somebody that's in China, but right. uh, I, I, see that, I see that disappearing in the future. Very interesting. And Kevin Gilroy, Crystal Ball, what do you see? Yeah, Is I'm, it uh, really optimistic to some of the points yes. that Brian made about job creation and, and uh, economic growth? I think we're going to see the pendulum swing back with governments working more closely with the capital markets to uh, deregulate somewhat and make it very attractive for SMEs to, to grow uh, rapidly around the world. I really do think that pendulum's already starting to swing back, and a recognition um, by governments around the world uh, that SME is the growth engine for them. 
and is the, is the future for them. So I'm really thinking there's going to be a great marriage between um, governments and private sector. Kevin, I'm going to ask you to expand a little bit for me, if you will, please. Any industries you would see being the front runners, the forerunners of this trend, of this great excitement and optimism, the new frontier, if you will, of SMEs? And, and I'm going to ask everybody, but let's start with Kevin. Any particular industries will be at the, the tip of that iceberg poking through? I think healthcare will be at the tip of it because, again, I think it's a necessity uh, that that changes and that there's technology and, and small companies start to help uh, and aid the, the healthcare issue, as particularly as the population uh, continues to age. So, healthcare to me, um, I actually think they're going to figure this out, and this kind of conundrum they're in now, where there's no alignment between the, the patient, the the provider and the insurance companies and the government that will need to get aligned. It will be painful, it will be ugly, but I think it's going to be a big win for SMEs as they uh, they play in that space. Very interesting. I'm going to go backwards on the panel in order. Carl Lewis, what do you think? Any particular industries you see emerging? Do you agree with Kevin on health care or anything else to your, comes to your point of view? I, I hope he's right. <laughs> Good sure. point. Uh, I, I think uh, I think green industries and anything that deals with uh, environmental concerns, which is very much a uh, of global interest, uh, will uh, will uh, be, be something that will help us grow in the future for sure. Very good, Brian Pierce. What do you think? Industry? Any sectors? I certainly concur with the healthcare and pharma, you know, businesses. I think technology is something that uh, you know broadly defined. Uh, crosses borders and uh, crosses over the internet very well. I also think we're going to see a lot in the recreation, entertainment, leisure business. I think of uh, a company that uh, we honored as a winner in our program a couple of years ago in Mexico that's developed a uh, children's educational entertainment uh, offering, a uh, amusement park uh, with learning built into it. And uh, that Mexican concept has scaled and has uh, translated beautifully into the Middle East, into parts of Europe and, and Asia. And so I think we're going to see concepts like that that get developed somewhere. And uh, we find that you know, because of the focus on international travel, uh, uh, they rapidly get adopted elsewhere. Thank you very much, Brian. Aviva, let's finish this up. What do you see from the EIU standpoint? Any particular industry you would favor, agree, disagree with the others? Well, this is not specifically part of our research, but I would tend to agree with the panelists, uh, green industries, healthcare, pharma, uh, new communications, media, and the technology to, uh, backing that up, I think are all very promising ones. Very good. And I, you know what? I'm going to sneak in one quick question, and I need a uh, one-word answer from each of the panelists. It'll be Aviva, Brian, ABC, Carl, and Kevin. Question is, will it be in favor into this brave new world of SME starting from this little idea into this, wow, SME inching up the curve of, yes, we're making money, yes, we're hiring, yes, we're innovative, yes, we're sustainable, yes, we're global. Will it be a trend where young people will come out of college, let's say graduate school, MBAs perhaps, or a deep IT learning curve, particular for uh, Kevin's point of view, and will they say, hey, Ma, I heard about this new company. I want to go work for them. Should I? Will Ma say yes or Dad say yes or no? Will it be favorable to get a job with these up-and-coming wow companies? Aviva, yes or no? Well, our research shows that in the developing countries, there seems to be a preference among young people for established names, which tends to suggest big companies. So 
It really depends. It depends on the labor market in a given country. Uh, it's hard to generalize about these things, but at least from our um, research on this, it looks like in developing countries they're having a hard time recruiting because uh, young people coming out of school tend to want to go to a recognized company with name uh, recognition. My point exactly. Brian, I need a, a two-word answer from you. Quick, we're running out of time here. What do you think? Yes, it's all about culture change. Thank you. Great. Carl Lewis, yes, no. Quick. I think we lost Carl. Kevin Gilroy, jump in. What do you think? Yes, because that's where the jobs will be. Thank you. Great points. Okay, time for my predictions. Next Wednesday on Coffee Break with Game Changers, April 24th, People Who Need People, Care Circles app. We're going to do the show in honor of Autism Awareness Month. Very important show. You have to listen. Wednesday, May 1st, Social Business Networking for the Next Generation. That's what we were just talking about, featuring Boston College Professor Jerry Kane, two of his graduate students, and SAP's Mark Yolton and Todd Wilms. What a show that will be. And next Tuesday on our fight. Financial Excellence with Game Changers series. It'll be April 23rd. We'll talk about mobility and finance, impacts, trends, and the future. And Tuesday, April 30th, looking for risks in all the wrong places. Tune in and find out what those wrong places are. Thank you so much to Aviva Freudman, Brian Pierce, Carl B. Lewis, and Kevin Gilroy. Wonderful panel. Great information, great input, great energy. Thank you. I appreciate all of you and love it that you were all over the world. That's what makes us a global show and shout outs to Anka Rebel, Malcolm Kimberlin and Brad everybody at the Business Channel team and now it's time for me to sign off with my call to action and you know what it is. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.